Welcome to the Business Bookshelf, where I interview business authors and talk about their newly released books. Today I interview Dr. Chalitzi Marwala about his book Leadership Lessons from Books I've Read. Dr. Marwala is currently the Deputy Vice-Chancellor, Research and Internationalization at the University of Johannesburg. He has published nine books, one has been translated into Chinese, over 280 refereed papers and holds three international patents. He's an associate editor of the International Journal of Systems Science and has been a reviewer of more than 40 ISI journals. He's been a visiting scholar at Harvard University, University of California at Berkeley, Wilson College University of Cambridge, and Nanjing Tech University. His writings and opinions have appeared in The New Scientist, The Economist, and Time magazine. In Leadership Lessons from Books I Have Read, Tadlitsi adopts the thesis that the source of good leadership is knowledge, and the source of knowledge is experience, which can take in many forms, reading widely, listening, and engaging in discussion and debate from other knowledge seekers. If leadership is derived from knowledge, and knowledge is derived from experience, the experience in this book is from 50 books that Tadlitsi has read. And so, the source of knowledge in forming leadership is the collective experience of the more than 50 accomplished authors who wrote those books. So, here we go. Enjoy the interview. No, no. Thank thank you very much, Lance, for inviting me to come and speak uh, uh, to you. It's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I, I very, very seldom speak to people as illustrious as you. Um, so let's see, where am I speaking to you from today? Where do I find you? Well, I am a vice chancellor of the University of Johannesburg and uh, we live in Auckland Park uh, because, uh, because the university is mainly in Auckland Park. So as uh, the principal of the university, uh, I need to to hear with my own ears if students are about to to strike, you know. Um, So (laughs) that's why I live in in Auckland Park. Wow. And it means a very, very short commute to work and back every day. (laughs) No, absolutely. I can actually walk uh, uh, to work. I've I've actually been living in Johannesburg for the past uh, uh, 20 years. Uh, That is longer than... I have lived in any other part of the world, including uh, Venda, where I grew up. I only lived there for, for 17 years, and then I, I moved on. So Johannesburg is, uh, is pretty much my home. That is where I have spent most of my life. In. Wonderful. Uh, my other question, just to uh, the listeners can get to know you a little bit more before we get on to your illustrious career is maybe just a frivolous light question is where was your favorite holiday destination before lockdown? Well, I actually was supposed to go to Disneyland with my family. Ah. Uh, in fact, uh, I need to call uh, the airline to, uh, to find out whether I can rebook a, a trip uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to Disneyland um, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the place that I actually visited before lockdown was China, ah. a, a, a province called Hunan. Uh, that is the place where Mao Zedong comes yeah. from. You know? we, we all know uh, about that province now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
so that was the last time that that was my my, my, my the place that I visited. Uh, but I I love visiting uh, South Africa. Mm. I'm inspired every time I go. I cross uh, the Tropic of Capricorn, going to see my parents in Venda. Uh, by the way, where I come from is the only part of South Africa that is north of the Tropic of Capricorn. Uh, so it is actually quite exciting for me. Um, so yeah, those are the places that I love. Wonderful, thank you for that. And now, could you give us an overview of your illustrious career? And I'm, I'm actually very interested to know how you became part of the Nelson Mandela Foundation and if you knew Nelson Mandela personally, but maybe you could give us, and I know it's difficult, if you could give us a brief overview of your career. Well, I was born in, 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 in Limpopo province, uh, Vanda. Uh, by the time I, I started going to, to school, uh, Vanda had been declared the so-called Republic of Vanda. I still have an ID of the Republic of Venda, uh, the so-called Republic of Venda. And, um, and uh, I, I, I went to school there and uh, in, in metric, I participated in the Science Olympiad and as a reward for doing well in the Science Olympiad, I got the opportunity to come to Johannesburg to attend the Science Week. And, uh, and I also got the opportunity to go to London uh, to attend the Science Fortnight. And that was when the world opened for me. You know, that was when mm. I saw that you know, there is uh, somewhere, you know, out there where you have to go over the oceans and you will be able to, uh, to, 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 uh, to see exciting things. I was introduced to the Americans for the first time. I was in the same room with Germans representing two different nations, West German, West Germany and East Germany. Ah. Two weeks before the fall of the uh, of the Berlin Wall, you know? wow! Very exciting, very yeah. defining time, <laughs> and um, and that was uh, the time in which uh, I became even more intensely interested in technology. Of course, the technology they were talking about then was 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 um, was um, uh, superconductivity, uh, which yeah. never really materialized. I'm sure they talked about artificial intelligence. I'm sure it just went through my head uh, without. Uh, and then after that, uh, after matriculating in Venda, I came to Johannesburg to do A-levels. Uh, so I was at St. John's College in, in, in Houghton wow. uh, doing A-levels for the year. And then I briefly went to University of Cape Town. I had already decided that I'm going to be studying outside South Africa. And I had chosen to go and study in the United States. So, But the academic year starts in September there. So I had to do something between January and September. So I went to University of Cape Town. I was a student there living in Smarts Hall. I think they've changed its name now. Um, then I was in, in United States for four years studying mechanical engineering. Uh, I came back, worked for CSIR. And then I went to University of Pretoria to do a master's mm. uh, in mechanical engineering. And one and a half years later, I went to University of Cambridge to do a PhD. Sure. Uh, I did not know what I was going to do a PhD in, but uh, I sat next to Fernando, <laughs> uh, Nando De Freitas. He's actually a South African who works for Google in, in London. 
And I asked him, what are you studying? I said, artificial intelligence. I have not looked back. I went and studied artificial intelligence, completed a PhD. Wow. Um, it was quite the first one. Two and a half years later, I completed the PhD. And then I went and started my academic career at uh, uh, the then University of London, uh, Imperial College. I worked there uh, for, for over a year. And then I came back, uh, brew beer. <laughs> but I realized that brewing beer is not as glorious as brewing people. So uh. I left and went to, uh, uh, to Vets University where I was a professor. Uh, and then I came to University of Johannesburg as a Dean of Engineering, um, then Deputy Vice Chancellor, then Vice Chancellor now, and, and, and Principal. I've sat on many, many boards, more than, more than 10 boards. And of course, now I'm in the Nelson Mandela uh, 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 Foundation. I'm a trustee. I never really met my Madiwa. Can you believe it? You know, <laughs> uh, when he came to Cambridge, he did come to Cambridge. Uh, when he came to Cambridge, I was already gone. Oh. Uh, and uh, and I, I, you know, I only met him once. You know, but I don't know whether you can characterize that as meeting. I was. Uh, at uh, exclusive books uh, in Kilani. And when I was walking, he was walking. I don't know where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> he was walking with, uh, obviously, an entourage. Maybe he was going to Mug and Bean because that is the only uh, restaurant on that part of the, uh, of, 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 of Kilani. Mm. So, uh, so I saw him, uh, but I never really had a conversation with Madiwa. Okay. Okay. No, that's cool. Um, so to, let's see, we're talking to you today, and it's just a, an honor to talk to you anyway, but we're talking to you about your book, Leadership Lessons from Books I've Read. And as I mentioned in the introduction, it consists of 50 accomplished authors in different sections that we'll discuss. Maybe my first question to you would be, like, have you always been an avid reader? Uh, how did you come up with these 50 books? Um, you know, did you did you read them again to write your book? You know, what where does your love of books come from? You know, uh, when I started reading, and obviously uh, uh, my first reading was not in English; uh, it was in Venda. Mm. I literally went and read every Venda book that was in the house, <laughs> <laughs> all those stories uh, and so on and so forth. And then, uh, and then when I started. Uh, understanding uh, English and being able to read English. I went and read uh, uh, books, um, you know, uh, 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 for example, Ngogiwa Thiongo's A Grain of Wheat. I read it uh, when I was uh, in school as part of just interest uh, in the book. It looked good. Mm. Um, I read um, Weep Not Child uh, uh, when I was still a young man. Almost all the African writers series uh, uh, that were available in their house. But uh, quite coincidentally, I never really uh, encountered um, things fall apart. My, my, my father, who was a school teacher, never really uh, had it in store. So, so I've always been passionate about uh, uh, reading. And I'm also passionate about writing. I've written 23 books. And uh, there's always been something that uh, has, has, has really... Uh, concerned me about the books that I've written. Uh, uh, chiefly the fact that when I go to bookshops in South Africa, I don't find many of them. 
but when I go to bookshops in England and bookshops in Boston, I find them, you know, uh, and, and, and many of them were directed at specialists, uh, engineers, artificial intelligence uh, experts. So uh, three, two years ago, uh, I decided that I'm going to write a book uh, specifically to communicate uh, with, um, with, uh, with, with the South African and the African community, mm. um, you know, uh, a book about, um, about us, about uh. our culture, about, uh, about our aspiration as a nation and so on and so forth. So I started off with um, Closing the Gap, which did very well. I think it uh, sold more than 5,000 copies. Wow. And then uh, leadership, leading in the 21st century, which was very successful. And now these uh, um, leadership lessons from the books I have read. Now, the question that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that I keep on asking myself about this book is, which book uh, uh, should I have included yes. uh, out of these uh, 50 books? Uh, and, and I can tell you there are books that I feel I should have included. Uh, I think I should have included um, on the wealth of nations uh, by uh, by uh, uh, Adam Smith. Uh, that is uh, that is a fantastic uh, uh, book. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I, I could have included uh, a book on, by Hume. You know, uh, David Ricardo, uh, uh, the political economy, and so on and so forth. You know, so there are many books that I could have included. Yeah. Now, um, uh, 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 how, how, how did I do it? I actually have a reading club ah. at the University of Johannesburg. Huh. I'm one of the few vice chancellors who believe that leading is not sitting in meetings and chairing meetings only. <laughs> uh, that is a very important part of leadership. Mm. I think leading is also about driving things that you feel very passionate about. I feel very passionate that uh, if our society re read more, uh, then we'll be a better society. Mm. Uh, I, I feel very uh, passionate about the fact that uh, many people don't read. Educated people don't read. You go and ask people, have you read a book? In the, how many books did you read last year? An average person would tell you no more than five books per year. Yeah. In fact, if they have read five books, that is actually quite important. So, so I feel that uh, uh, I, you know, I have to 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 to, to uh, uh, promote uh, 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 the culture of reading. So I I invite staff and students to come. And uh, unfortunately, now we are on lockdown. Before lockdown, it will be in a in a big room. We'll have wine, red wine, and white wine, and food. <laughs> and then I will I will go and discuss this book. Uh, mm. Uh, and, and, and you can find the videos of this on, on YouTube, including for, uh, uh, for, for, for Nudge, uh, um, you know, uh, which is one of the books covered there, uh, and Kahneman's uh, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, it, mm. was, it was read physically wow. uh, 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 with, with my staff uh, uh, and, and students. You know? mm. so, so in fact, tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be reading a book uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the book is, is called Creativity Inc. Ah. Have you have read Creativity Inc. Uh, it was written by Ed Ketmal. Uh, Ed Ketmal, you probably will know him uh, or you will know of his work. 
He is the founder of a company called Pixar. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's quite Pixar well known. And, the, uh, and the, the, the first, of course, uh, he did a PhD on, on using a computer to create animation, um. uh, to create images. By that time, images were not even on the computer when he was doing his PhD. Uh, and for that, he was uh, handsomely rewarded. He got uh, a Turing Award, but he also became very, very wealthy. Uh, and uh, and Toy Story was actually the first. Um, I think it was the first book, uh, well, the first uh, uh, animation uh, uh, story uh, that was completely generated by a computer. You know, hmm. uh, very very important. And. And are you going, you say you're reading it tomorrow? Is that are you reading it from cover to cover yourself, like taking the day off, or are you reading it as part of a group, or how does that work? Well, I go and discuss it. It's, it's only an hour. Okay. So I I spent uh, thirty minutes um, just discussing the book, and then uh, the, the the audience will ask. Hopefully, they will have read. Uh, and in many occasions, they've read the book. Uh, so when I go there, I've already read the book. In fact, I've read it twice. Wow. <laughs> because sometimes reading something once, uh, you don't really get the essence of it. Uh, I read it about uh, a, a, month, a month ago, and uh, I read it uh, uh, again, uh, uh, starting from last week. Uh, just completed it now. Wow. You know? uh, so so that, that, that's, that's normally what... Uh, uh, what I do. So when I arrive there, I just discuss the book. What is it about? What lessons have I learned from the book? Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, and we discuss. Mm. And do you have specific times that you read? Because I find that I really have to be diligent about when I read as well. Because your day can just fly by without getting any reading done at all. So when do you set aside time to read? I'm, I'm an early riser. I rise at about five o'clock. Okay. Uh, uh, but I don't get out of bed until about um, seven o'clock. So I will be reading for two hours. Wow. You know, wow. Uh, and it is actually quite fun. I'm not a TV person. Uh, I'm actually not a TV person at all. You know, almost to the point that I don't have a television. We don't have sure. a television set. So uh, that time that normally... Uh, people will use for, for 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 TV and other activities. Uh, I am uh, I, I use it for reading. Wow, that's much better use of time. I, I should do that more as well. And so your book, and I do want to ask you a few questions about it. As I said, it's divided into four parts. And, and just to remind everyone, and that we're talking about the the book titled "Leadership Lessons from Books That I've Read." by Dr. Talitsi Marwala. And so the first book is about Africa and you've got 16 books in the African section alone. And um, have you always been like a lover of Africa and been looking out for specific leadership lessons for Africa itself? No, absolutely. I have been, uh, I'm, 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 I'm very passionate about uh, the African continent. Uh, I am part of its aspirations and uh, I'm gonna work hard to make sure that I play my part uh, to uh, to move uh, the African continent in the positive direction. Mm. Uh, I do some work in Rwanda. I am the chairman of uh, the Africa Center for Internet of Things. Uh, I do some work in uh, 
in, in, in Namibia, I am uh, the, uh, in the task team, fourth industrial revolution task team of the president of Namibia. So I'm wow. really passionate about, uh, about Africa. And, uh, and the book uh, uh, on the face value, uh, people might say, uh, but these are, these are books written by, by Africans, you know? Mm. Uh, and, and, and it's not necessarily the, 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 the true, you know. Of course, many of the books are written by, by, by Africans, uh, um, uh, but not, not all of them. I mean, yeah. the, uh, the, the first book that, I, that, that, in the, that is in the book uh, uh, is uh, Heart of Darkness, mm. uh, Joseph Conrad. Uh, despite Joseph Conrad's name, he is not actually African, nor is he English. You know, people don't realize that. Joseph Conrad was actually Polish, you know, and he only learned how to, uh, to speak English, uh, uh, I think uh, when he was 16 or so, you know, but he's a beautiful writer, you know. Sure. It, was, it was such a fantastic book. I went and read it for my, my staff and students. And, uh, and I was so moved by it that I wrote an article on it uh, for the Daily Maverick. And uh, the former president of South Africa uh, Mr. Tawumbeki mm. uh, was also so moved about what I wrote about the book that he responded with um, a seven-page response <laughs> sure. to my uh, uh, to to my book. You know, um, a fantastic response. I must confess. You know? he, he so, wrote the forward of this book, didn't he? He wrote the forward of this book. Yes. But before he wrote the forward of this book, after just immediately after I I, I read. Uh, Heart of Darkness, uh, uh, out of the conversations I had and my perception of the book, I wrote an article uh, for, for, for the Daily Maverick and, uh, and um, he responded, you know. So, 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 and then there are books that I just feel are, are important, you know. Mm. Uh, things fall apart, you know. We need to know when things are falling apart. Like so at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so that we can be able to pull things together. Hopefully, yes. things fall apart. Yeah, it's yeah. A classic book, you know. Uh, oh. The beautiful ones are not yet born, and beautiful, if you can see, is not spelled correctly. Have you seen that? I don't. I, honestly, I, I didn't notice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and in, the book itself is misspelled. Beautiful wow. is. Is misspelled uh, with uh, instead of a uh, T I is T Y. Uh, you know, when beautiful is, is like the T search for happiness. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> you know, uh, so and then, of course it was misspelled uh, because to, to say that we are not talking about physical beauty. You know, we are talking about these people who who will be able to pull things together when they fall apart, you know, mm. <laughs> you know um, who will be able to be passionate about the development of our society and so on and so forth. You know? uh, because in many ways, uh, 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 the beautiful ones are not yet born. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually things fall apart. You know, uh, the theme is things fall apart. It's uh, Ghana um, and it ends with a coup, you know, <laughs> with a coup d'etat, you know, uh, uh, and of course, out of all those things, the conclusion is that, of course, the way he puts it in the book is that um, 
uh, as this person was fleeing Ghana because there was a coup, he sees a lorry written at the back, the beautiful ones are not yet born. And we know about graffitis that ah. uh, uh, they do, they are not normally, they don't, they, they are no spell checks <laughs> <laughs> and so on and so forth. Very, very beautiful story, I must confess. You know? So, uh, 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 so, so, so all those books, so beautiful books, you know, uh, I mean, they are really such, such beautiful books and they have meaning, you know. I mean, Things Fall Apart was written when? More than 60 years ago, you know. Well, uh, Talitzi, I was looking at Heart of Darkness and that, seemed, that was written in 1899. Absolutely, you know? <laughs> absolutely, you know. These are timeless. Mm. These are really, really timeless books, you know. Beautiful books, you know. Yeah. And then the, the second section uh, of your book and your groupings of books is called Search for the Ideal Polity, P-O-L-I-T-Y, Polity. And uh, so, you know, I think people listening to this podcast will know that South Africa has been through quite a turbulent period, uh, maybe in the last month if you, when, when this podcast gets released. And so when you put books in that particular section, are there things that you can find that will help countries like South Africa govern the country and, you know, help the poverty and all these kind of things. Did you find information there to lead the country in that section? No, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you know, those are also beautiful books, you know. Originally, uh, 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 I had used the title Foundation of Western Society. That was, that, that was the original title. And then, and then it were, it, uh, it metamorphosized to uh, searching for ideal policy polity. I mean, just I just think about um, uh, how to win elections. I mean, it's, it's one of the books that is there. How to win elections? Mm. When do you think how to win elections was written? I don't know. Um, just take a guess. Uh, Nineteen sixty-five. <laughs> no. Uh, it's closer to 2,000 years ago. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was written by Cicero, Cicero's brother, writing to Cicero, who ended up being a, a consul uh, in, in, in the Roman Empire. Right. That was even before the Roman Empire was converted to Christianity, which, was, which would have been about uh, uh, 1,700 years ago, you know. Uh, you know, you it, know. It, so it's so funny that that was book written about the Roman Empire and it quite quickly became a dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and by the way, in that book, I also have that theme mm. uh, because uh, I have a, a group of books about uh, uh, the French Revolution. Mm. You know, uh, you have. Um, uh, you have uh, a tale of two cities, even though the French people say it is not a tale of two cities because the writer only lived in one city. You know? <laughs> he couldn't have known about what is happening in Paris while yeah. he's living in London. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, the Age of Reason, the Age of Reason was written by Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine almost went to the guillotine during the French Revolution. Wow. He almost went to the guillotine. And of course, he was saved because uh, 
you know, the American ambassador came and uh, and for some reason they forgot to close the door. And uh, when they came to uh, to mark who is going to be going to the guillotine, uh, because it was open for some reason, they marked inside, not outside. And three and three days later, uh, Maximilian Robespierre, who was the the leader of the French Revolution, the first French Revolution, actually died. You know, mm. uh, and then uh, and then obviously um, uh, Karl Marx, Karl Marx, the old Karl Marx, wrote a book about the French Revolution. You know, uh, wow. uh, the 18 Brumaire of Louis Bonaparte. You know. And of course, uh, it, it, there's this famous thing: history repeats itself. You know, first as uh, as uh, a tragedy, second as a farce. Then he talks about uh, the seizure of power by by Napoleon. You know, sure. he ended the revolution. You know, and the seizure of power by another Napo- Napoleon fifty years later his nephew, <laughs> and he talks about all the personalities of the first French revolution who actually, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, in, in, in different form, in different personalities, exhibited themselves in the, in the second um, uh, uh, French uh, uh, revolution. And, and the big story about the French revolution is that, especially the first one, is that it abolished the monarchy with a view of creating a democratic order, but it ended up with a dictatorship of the Napoleon. Yeah. I, I, re- I was actually re- read a quote from Napoleon um, this week because I, you know, I read for the podcast and Napoleon said, I'd rather have lucky generals than good ones. <laughs> 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 and he said, that's quite an interesting comment. Like, he would- <laughs> He wants to have lucky generals. Uh, so Talitzi, I haven't asked you, you've, you've shared some wonderful books and I haven't asked you about one in particular. And the one I want to ask you is the one you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, which is from 2011, uh, written by Daniel uh, Kahneman. Uh, uh, how do you pronounce that surname again? Kahneman. Uh, Thinking, yeah, Fast and, yeah, Thinking Fast and Slow, which is one of the best books that I've read and you, you've given it to your staff to read as well. What struck you about that particular book that made you include it in your in your in your book? Well, I mean, uh, uh, thinking fast and slow is basically the theme is that human beings are are by design irrational. Mm. They are irrational. They don't calculate. They take shortcuts, and all those things actually make uh, human decision making impaired. And somebody called uh, Herbert Simon, who is cited there in that book quite extensively, uh, coined the term bounded rationality of, 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 of human beings. Now, the reason why, why what drew me to that book is that I, I work in artificial intelligence and I firmly believe that decisions, machines make better decisions than human beings. And that oh. book actually, you know, just validates that fact. Mm. That if you are going to leave decision-making to human beings, uh, those decision-making processes and and decisions are going to depend on whether the person uh, drank milk or did not drink milk that day or um, had uh, 
slept for 10 hours or for eight hours, things, irrelevant factors like that. Yeah. But I must confess in that section, uh, that is not my favorite book. You know, my favorite book is actually The Soul of the White Ant, written here in South Africa by, almost 100 years ago, by the way, by Eugene Mazay. Uh, the Soul of the White Ant is one of the most influential scientific book in my, in, in my, you know. And guess what? Where he first published that uh, that book? Because he first published it as a series of articles, just like uh, uh, Dickens, uh, you know, um, a tale of, uh, of 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 two cities was published as um, articles in a newspaper, you know. Uh, a, a series of articles. Even this one was published in a series of articles 100 years ago. Which uh, newspaper uh, or magazine do you think it was uh, published? Um, so I don't know. And I'm actually on the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page for the book, and I don't think it says it there either. So you'll have to tell us. Hayes <laughs> Henuot. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I see it was translated into English in 1937. Yeah, but do you know what happened? A Dutch Nobel Prize winner, who obviously could read Hayes Kenwood, read Hayes Kenwood, and went and republished the book as his own work. Oh dear! Can you believe it? That's not very good. Uh, can you believe it? <laughs> Plagiarism. But the book, uh, so, 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 so the book is really about ants, you know? Yes. All those ants that form ant hills that you see when you are traveling, especially in Limpopo. That is a society that is organized, that has, uh, that has hierarchy uh, and so on and so forth. You know? and, and, and that whole a mechanism uh, of ants has now been uh, codified in artificial intelligence. We have something called ant colony optimization. That is the algorithm that is used in electronic maps to find shortest distances between two points. That's amazing. Absolutely. Um, So I would like to end this interview by just asking you two quick questions, if I may. Um, what book have you read in the last couple of weeks or months that have really stood out for you that you know, obviously didn't get into your current book? And um, could you tell us which one you, you've, you've been reading recently? Well, I just finished reading uh, Noise okay. uh, by Kahneman. Uh, by Kahneman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 that, is, uh, that is the latest uh, book uh, I have read um, in the last few months. On the wealth of nations, ah. uh, that was also uh, quite, uh, a, 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 you know, a fantastic book. Mm. Uh, I have read uh, in the last uh, um, few months, uh, uh, you know, Capital and Ideology uh, by Thomas Piketty. Uh, you know, I have read uh, On War by Karl von Clausewitz. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, a Prussian general, uh, and of course I'm reading uh, Creativity Inc., uh, the creation of Pixar. Ultimately it was was acquired by by Disney, ultimately uh, 
uh, it, it passed. To, to, you know, it firstly, uh, the, 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 he started at New York and then he went and worked for George Lucas. Then, uh, then Steve Jobs bought them and then ultimately were bought by, 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 by um, Disney. Uh, I have I've read um, uh, 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 you know uh, the, the book um, um, you know if if if, if uh, competitive strategy by Michael Porter ah, those yes. of you who are who are into uh, who are into um, business and then um, uh, 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 and then uh, uh, you know shared value uh, by I, Michael Porter yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the spirit of the law. Of the loss by Baron D. My Montesquieu. <laughs> it's such a wide <laughs> variety of books that you've read. It's incredible. And 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 and, 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 and just just recently, I read Half of a Yellow Sun uh, by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. There was a movie made out of the book. I had never goodness. read the book. Yeah. And unbelievably, to me, you're only 49 years old, aren't you? Yeah. And, and so, you know, you've still got such a, a long road ahead of you. What do you plan to do in the next 10 to 15 years? Um, you've done so much already. Uh, what lies ahead for you? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm developing other interests. Uh, I, have, uh, uh, I have a farm uh, where I spend quite a great deal of time. Uh, there, I like nature. Uh, but, um, but I really would like to... Uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to spend much more time uh, in creating or, or, or nurturing the next generation of leaders in South Africa, you know. Yeah. And I think that is actually quite exciting. I've been doing this. Uh, I'm quite glad that uh, uh, the CEO of um, the National Research Foundation was actually my master's and PhD student, you know. But I would like to... Uh, uh, you know, to spend more time in 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 creating uh, or, or 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 creating an environment where the next uh, generation of leaders can actually be able to emerge, because I believe that uh, one of the biggest shortcomings of South Africa's education system is that it does not nurture leaders. The yeah. reason for that is that many schools are very very academic. I know uh, it does not make any sense for an academic to complain about that. But if it is about leadership, you need to have sports. You need to have other activities, you know. Uh, uh, it's amazing how much leadership lessons you gain by being a captain of a, of a team, you know. Uh, skills about uh, working together to achieve a goal. Uh, and 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 it, it begs to, uh, to be answered. What happens if you have a, a kid who just um, goes to school, and that's all they do? You know, uh, okay. are we preparing them to lead? Um, th thank you so much, uh, Dr. Tiletsi Marwala, for joining us today. I really, really appreciate you, and I, it's going to be a book. Uh, the book is called Leadership Lessons from Books I've Read, and it's going to be a book that I pick up or browse into every now and again uh, to, you know, to see reading material, what I should be reading next, what suggestions that I give to other people. And I, I look forward to the next 50 books that you have in your sequel. 
So thank you so much for joining today. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I hope you, the listener, have found this interview as interesting and useful as I did. If you'd like to contact me, then please do. My email is lance at ideastorm.co.za. The website is thebusinessbookshelfpodcast.com. And so until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.